is Dr. Rick. I'm back. Um, uh, Wealth Building Wednesdays. Uh, we're bringing back theme days. I told you this on yesterday. We're going to have Money Mondays, Transformational Tuesdays, Wealth Building Wednesdays, Thankful Thursdays, and Focus Fridays. And we're going to use those days to focus on specific things. So if there's something that you really, really, really are centered on or something that you really, really want to gain traction in, you know what day to tune in if you're not one of those who tune in on every day. For those of you who tune in and check me out every day, much love, much appreciation. I hope that you're really getting blessed. Uh, wealth Building Wednesdays say, well, if you got Money Mondays, why do you have Wealth Building Wednesdays? Money Mondays is more about making money. Uh, wealth building isn't about money as much as it is about mindset strategies and how to move what you do have. Because I'm telling you, it doesn't take a whole lot to build a whole lot if you know what you're doing. And we're going to talk about principles. We're going to talk about strategies. We're going to talk about components and methodologies. Uh, a big part of it is mindset. You got to change your thinking. There are just certain thought processes that you cannot take into a wealth building endeavor. Uh, wealth building is quiet. Wealth building is intentional. It's it's moving towards something. And we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. Wealth building isn't loud. Wealth building creeps. Wealth building moves. One of the things that uh, I remember hearing or reading, definitely probably not here, probably reading, uh, Nelson Rockefeller said, the goal is to own nothing and control everything. And blew my mind because all you hear about is is your name on it. Do you, is your name on it? And we get real big and caught up in is your name on it. We're gonna talk about ways to protect your assets, and one of the ways is not to have your name on it. And we're gonna talk about a bunch of other things that's so important in building wealth and, and longevity and how it's done. We're gonna talk about the diff difference between liquid, uh, liquid assets, soft assets, and hard assets and why there needs to be a diversification, but we need to stay away from currency. We're gonna talk about all of this stuff over the next year. I'm excited about it, but what we're gonna talk about today is one of my pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is, and when I researched uh, the, the 20 most wealthiest people in the world and looked at their interviews, looked at uh, their common themes, when I searched and read all the books that I've read over the years, one of the things that keeps popping up is how few people take advantage of compound growth. And here's why. We live in a debt-based economy. We, we function in a debt-based economy, meaning that our currency isn't backed by anything of value. It was once backed by gold, but they removed the gold standard over a period of series of different actions, started back in 1909, then in 1933 with the Gold Confiscation Act, and then in 1971 where Nixon took the dollar completely off the gold standard. And so we moved into what we now know to be a debt-based economy. What does that mean? That means that we literally sustain the functionality 
and viability of our economy and the value of the dollar by how much money we spend beyond what we are able to earn. So in other words, it's not how much money we spend in the economy, it's how much debt we accumulate. And then that debt is sold, that debt becomes the value that which that backs the dollar. And that's why you see the dollar struggling so much in so many different ways. And we're gonna get into all of that uh, details stuff. I'm gonna talk about something real simple today, something that everybody can do starting today. Uh, before I forget, uh, if you're really serious about learning these principles in a controlled environment that you can literally, uh, over a course of a period of six months, really develop a mindset that can change the course of your life forever, uh, there's a link in the description box. Join the Legacy Wealth Group, um, where I'm going to be teaching this master class to individuals. And it's a six-month class from the date you signed up and get started. And we're going to go through all of this. We're going to go through all the money making mechanisms. We're going to go through all of the things that you should be practicing and doing. What's up with this thing that shows up every time I get ready to do a live? Anyway, that thing is in that link is in the description box. I'm telling you right now for a limited time, as I scale out, I am changing uh, and scaling back uh, how many people I deal with on an individual basis. I'm still going to do one-on-ones. I love it. There's nothing like it because you get 100% focus with me on dealing with your issues and challenges and desires and goals, but it limits my time. I'm, I've only got so many time, so much time in a day, so much, so many days in a week and in a year. And so I'm looking for ways to reach more people. And so I'm going back to my first love, which is the stage and live events and larger classes and crowds. But I'm still going to have the one-on-ones. It's just not going to be that many. But this is an opportunity to sit down and work in a in, in a class environment with me and with anyone else who happens to enroll at the same time as you. But it's going to be more of a one-on-one. Here's the course. Here's the class. I'll see you next week. And then we go over it. We break it down. It's going to be a weekly encounter and we're going to get some things done. But if you're serious about it right now, this course is $9.97. It's in the box. You don't have to do it. That's not what this is about. But this is going to be offered every week. It's going to be offered at other periods of time. But you definitely probably want to take advantage of this because you're going to find out that you're missing so much and it doesn't take millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to get to where you're trying to get to. And we spend so much time spending our wheels doing nothing because we think we don't have what it takes. Start with what you have. Uh, I'm going to tell you some stories in, in uh, uh, today of real life individuals who's, who had me mediocre uh, salaries at best and retired what we would call wealthy, able to sustain their lifestyle with what they had created. And here's the thing. The number one thing that everybody talks about is compound growth. That I mean, everybody talks about that we fail to take advantage of on a grand scale is compound growth. And here's why, again, debt. Most of us are experiencing it in the reverse, compound debt. Compound debt on the house, compound debt on the car, revolving credit. All these things are being compounded in interest and the interest on the debt is growing. The longer it takes you to pay it off, the larger the interest payments are, the more you actually pay for something that costs this much. Think about how much you pay for your house over a 30 year or 15 year mortgage above what the actual sale price of the house was. And that's compound debt. The reverse side of that when you're building wealth is compound growth. And there are a number of different mechanisms out there. Probably the ones that pop up in mind to me are the Vanguard, uh, the S&P 500, 
where you can literally invest in the top performing 500 companies that are constantly monitored. The the back end of those, the lower, the back end of the 500 are constantly changing. The top 150 to 250 are going to be consistent. They've been doing it for a long time. The average compound uh, compounded growth average rate for the S&P, say, for instance, is about over the last 10 or 15 years has been 8.2 to 10 percent. On average. So if you take the low end of that, I took the low of that and I went and found an interest calculator and you can find them anywhere online. Just put in compound interest calculator and they'll pop up by the dozen. Choose one. And what I did is I put an initial investment. I put how much you're going to contribute monthly. And then I played around with how many years you're, you're, you're looking to do it. This is what I tell people. This is something you definitely need to be talking to your children about doing. Why? Because the earlier you get started, the less you have to put in, the more you can grow over the time of your life now if you're looking if you if, if if you're my age and you're looking to say hey, i'm retiring in 15 years you're going to be a lot more aggressive but if you're going to be aggressive this is a place to be aggressive in the s p has taken hits like anything else uh but what we find is it recovers it is it, it, stable it performs year in and year out and here's this let's say and I, I play real conservative conservative with this because I wanted people to be able to see themselves doing it. So so say, for instance, you got a thousand dollar initial investment and you agree to put a five five hundred dollars in and it's growing at the conservative number of eight point two, not 10 percent. Over the course of 40 years, you're going to accumulate one close to one point seven million dollars over 40 years so you start at 20 you end at 60 you're going to retire with that in now here's the thing is it's still accumulating when you retire and i guarantee you if you're starting to invest like that and you're accumulating just that now how many people are going to retire with 1.7 let's be realistic let's be honest and how many people think you can spend the 500 a month and get there ever well you can and now that's conservative. Now you can look back and say, okay, in 20 years and 40, if I start at 20, what will I be at 40? You'd be right at 300,000. Now you can play with the numbers, how much you can do. And people say, I don't have 500. You, you absolutely do. You absolutely can't afford to sit up and say you don't. Let me tell you, here's the story. A guy by the name of Theodore Johnson, real guy, uh, way back in the day, worked for UPS. Made, he made at the most $14,000, happened to know somebody who was uh, by definition wealthy and said, man, I would love to live a wealthy lifestyle. God says, you can do it. He said, man, I make $14,000 a year. He says, this is what you got to do. Compound growth is the thing. You can build this over the course of your life and it's, it's going to take some commitment. It's going to take some patience. It's going to take consistency, but you can do it. You can retire wealthy and you can live a life in your in, in, in your in your quiet years, as he put it, in, in, in an unbelievable comfort. He says, but you're going to have to take 20 percent of your earnings and invest it in a compound mechanism. Now, first thing out of his mouth is, man, I can't afford to give 20 percent. I make 14,000. I don't have 20 percent. He said, you can't afford not to. Same thing I just told you. Well, he talked him into it. He did it. Theodore Johnson stayed at UPS his entire year, didn't didn't retire but kept putting money into the account. And obviously I'm thinking by the fact of how much was in that account when he retired, he couldn't have known because I can't see me still working for UPS. But then again, some people love what they do, but he retired 
with a wealth of $72 million, net worth of $72 million. Now, that is that. Now, on a, on a more re, uh, closer scale, there's a guy, I cannot think is a Crawford, Caldwell, something like that, but it's a black guy. He never made more than $12 a year. I think something like $20,000 a year was what he made in a year, never made more than $12 an hour. He made $20,000 a year, and but he worked as a parking lot attendant. And as a parking lot attendant, he happened to be working in the financial district. So the people who are parking in his parking lot are financial advisors, investors, brokers. And he would sit up and hit them up for advice while they would walk by. He would actually take the advice and he would invest. When he retired from his $12 an hour job, he had a portfolio worth close to what? Five hundred, seven hundred thousand, but he had them paid off his home, he had put his kids in college, and he was still growing. This is from twelve dollars an hour. So you can find it all the way across the spectrum. You can find it in different ways. But what I'm telling you, if you're not taking advantage of compound growth, you're missing out. Find you a mechanism. If you if you if you can't find multiple mechanisms, come up with an amount, put it in there. Don't touch it. Don't mess with it. It's not yours. The money you're going to put in is not yours. So it should, you, should, you should find a way to automatically put it in. It's not yours. It's for the future. It's what you're building for the future. Whatever that is, if that's, if that's retiring at your 40s, that's fine. If it's retiring when you're 60, that's fine. If it's for your kids' uh, college fund or for your kids' marriage, if set your kid up with their first house, whatever it is, that's what it's for. So what you do is you put it there and you let it grow. Because the big thing about wealth that becomes power is not simply building something that you have. Yes, you should be able to enjoy the fruit of your labor, especially if you're the first generation of wealth builder, because nobody passed you anything. So you're going to have to take some of that fruit and live off of it. And you should enjoy the fruit of your labor. But the goal is to, number one, teach the children what you are learning so that they are prepared. And then you underwrite their start in life. They should not be starting at ground zero the way you started. They should not be starting at the beginning and having to build everything you built over the course of their life. They should have an advantage. That's how you have this wealth gap, this racial wealth gap. Everybody wants to talk about it, but that's how you have the racial wealth gap is our kids, no matter how smart, no matter how well we do, tend to be starting off real close to where we are. And when I talk to them uh, and and, and, and get an understanding of what they're going. A large portion of them are going to have their first homes underwriting, if not if not the entire house, a down payment. We're talking on average, 50, anywhere from $50,000 to $100,000 of the cost of their home is being funded by either mom, dad, or grandparents. Okay, that's how you pass down wealth. That's how you underwrite the, the beginning of wealth. There are also going to be trusts and funds set up for them and for the grandkids that says when you get this age and you have met these particular criteria, this money will be given to you. Sometimes it's just turned over and signed over. Other times it's going to be handled by a trustee who's going to run the trust for a certain amount of years or through the duration of the trust to ensure that there are always funds in the trust. And what does that mean? At no time are my children ever going to be without? Why? Because I've set up a trust that carries them and supports them the rest of life. Whatever they do, they're building for their children. They don't even have to live off their money because I've set them up. That's generational wealth. That's how you're, you're going to, but you have to start somewhere. Where do you start? You start by understanding that you can't spend everything you got. And wealth isn't about what you drive. Wealth isn't about what you wear. Wealth isn't about, uh, 
the type of bag you have on your arm, the type of watch you have on your wrist, the type of vehicle you drive. Wealth is about the ability to sit up and determine the lifestyle you want to live and then have your money pay for it. That's wealth. Wealth is saying, I can live this lifestyle and I never have to work again a day in my life. Now, me, I'm choosing to work until I die. But I want to be at a point where I reach a certain point. I want to be in a situation where I reach a certain point and then everything I do not is because just because I love to do it and I want to do it. Not because I've got to get up and grind because I haven't reached a point. But you're all striving for something. And the way you're going to get there is not going to be through what you earn in income. It's going to be what you do with what you earn. And that's called wealth building. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to, uh, over the course of, of wealth building with it, we're going to talk about the importance of insurance. People see insurance as a death benefit. Some of the most powerful insurance, life insurance plans have major, unbelievable life, life benefits. And it's a great way. I'm going to show you something about the wealthy. Just, just a little something. And then I'll, I'll be done for the day. Let me show you something about the wealthy. Here's something that we very get. Everybody else, why is this? No, uh, everybody thinks about wealth and they think money. Now, you need a certain amount of liquidity because certain things have to be paid for. And the only way that they will accept it is in cash payments or some form of cash, whether it's digital or actual currency. So you need some of that. But if you look at most of the wealth uh, of the extreme wealthy aren't 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 it isn't in their bank accounts. It's in. Thing, put it like this. It's not a representation of a, a true asset in in the determining of your net worth if it cannot be used as collateral and it cannot be insured. So if it can't be insured and can't be used as collateral, it's not really an asset. So it's something to think about. Now, check this out. Uh, automobile collections. Jewelry collections that can be insured. Um, art. Art is huge. That's why you see them spending millions of dollars on paintings because they're going to insure it. But here's the thing. It's, and I'm saying, okay, so it's insured. What? You can't collect on the insurance unless something happened to it. But what you don't understand is your insurance is the guarantee that you always have that particular value because it's going to be insured at value and it protects against currency fluctuation. But that's not the only thing that's going to happen with this thing. Check this out. Go back 30 years. Trading places, Eddie Murphy and some other stuff. And you got these two wealthy brothers, Lewis and Latimer, I think. Uh, no, uh, I forget their name. But anyway, two brothers who decide to do an experiment. One believes in environmental influence that basically you can take anybody, put them in the right environment and they will thrive. Other one believes that you're born either a winner or a loser. And so they decide to kidnap Eddie Murphy, who's homeless, and give him all this and teach him it, teach it to him and see what happens and when he first comes to and wakes up he's in this big mansion with all this stuff and he thinks what's going on he said calm down and he starts stealing it you know because he's like hey man look at all this stuff they say hey, you don't have to steal it it's yours so you're telling me all this stuff is mine and they tell him yeah so he takes this vase and he slams it on the floor and says so that's mine I say yeah and then one of them says that was a fifty thousand dollar vase and eddie murphy looks like flabbergasted at the amount they spent on it. And then the other one says, that's okay. We spent 50,000 on it, but we insured it for 70. Say that again. Wait a minute. You bought it for 50 and immediately increased the value in case of loss by insuring it for 70. 
Ain't nobody taught us, taught us that game. Ain't nobody taught us all the different ways that we can build wealth, protect wealth, store wealth, and pass down wealth. Nobody taught us about living trust. Nobody taught us about how to construct trust to be able to protect assets, pass down assets, and avoid our estates ending up in probate. All of that stuff is there. All of that stuff is just as available to the average hourly worker as it is someone else. Now, now, obviously, when you're starting small, you're starting small and you got to be aware of what's going on. The question is, how much are you willing to sacrifice? How uncomfortable are you willing to be right now so that that can be great comfort, not just for you, but for those who follow from you, who are an extension of you by way of children, grandchildren, great grandchildren and so forth. This is immensely important that we gain an understanding of this. Um, there's so much out there to be learned. There is so much, um, the, the link is in the description box It's at the bottom. It should be at the top and at the bottom, but I will definitely email the link to you, um, at katrinaallocate.com. And here, here is the thing. Uh, and, and thank you. Here's the thing. Everything that is necessary to do this is available, but you got to go out and find it. It's not going to be readily handed to you. It's not going to be surrendered to you. It's something that you've got to go out and you've got to be willing to grab. It's something that you've got to be willing uh, to seize. Uh, it has to be something that matters to you enough to do it. Uh, like uh, Theodore Johnson, his first uh his first assessment was, I can't afford to give up 20% of my income. But look what happened because he made the decision to make the sacrifice. It's a mindset. And so much of what I teach about life, period, not just in the arena of wealth and money, but life and business, it's about being willing to see beyond the discomfort, make the sacrifice and change your thinking. As long as you're thinking the way you've always thought, you're going to always produce. Your thoughts are literally uh, the beginning force of things. Thoughts become things. Your thoughts are the seeds of your destiny. How you think is producing your reality in and in, in around you and will always become as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And you are producing the things of tomorrow through the thoughts of today. And if you're thinking minimal-mindedly, if you're thinking from a perspective of poverty and lack, if you're thinking in hoarding, you're never going to produce abundance and wealth because it doesn't come out of hoarding. It doesn't come out of a mindset of lack. It comes out of an understanding of abundance and through uh, systematically and strategically going out and creating it. And nobody can stop you from doing that. But you're going to have to be willing to start. Look, I mean, what I put in this calculator, most people can do if they really wanted to. It might be a strain for a large number of people, but say, okay, that's 1.6 million. Say you're going to be the first generation you, 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 and you really, really are struggling, you know, and so you can only put 250 in a month. That's still what? 800,000, almost a million dollars that you get to pass down. We have a lot of ground to make up. Because let me tell you something about power. Everybody talks about money as power. No money in relation to money is power. What does that mean? That means that having a million dollars means nothing when I'm sitting in a room full of billionaires. 
I have no leverage, no power, no influence. So I better have something else if I want to play in that play in that arena that gives me value that matches what they have in the way of traditional wealth. So in essence, you know, what you think you have doesn't mean anything when you're comparing it. That's why I, I, I'm very careful when I hear people talking about the $1.4 trillion in spending power or buying power that Blacks have without truly explaining and giving a true understanding of what that means. First and foremost, let's just say we did have $1.4 trillion uh, uh, of, of wealth, and that's not what it is. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, what if we did? Then we must measure that wealth that we say we have in relationship to the overall wealth. Well, 1.4 trillion in an economy that's about 105 trillion isn't that big. We're still where we started back at the end of slavery at about 1% one, 1 or less than 1% of the wealth of this country. But let's be real. This is 1.4 and they real, you gotta be very careful and paying attention to what's being presented to you. The 1.4 trillion is 1.4 trillion in spending power or buying power. What does that mean? That a vast majority of that isn't wealth we hold or currency we hold, it's credit. What we are actually doing is spending more than what we have. We are accumulating debt, driving an economy through that is debt-based through our accumulation of debt. What's the number one enemy of wealth? Debt. You take all of your assets, everything that can be classified as an asset, and you calculate that. That's your gross net worth. That's, that's your gross uh, worth. You subtract all of your debts and expenses away from that number. Now you have your net worth. That's what you're worth when you move. So the number one enemy to wealth is debt. So you've got to be looking at ways to eliminate debt and increase assets and also understand that if I have to go out and spend credit on it, it better be very, very important. Number one is there's nothing wrong with having credit. There's nothing wrong with going in debt when you're in debt, when you're going in debt to actually increase your net worth. In other words, you're going into debt to make money, not going into debt to have something to say you have. Now, obviously, uh, very few people are in a position to go out and buy a house. So that's one of those things you can do where you say, okay, I'm going to do this. But you, you should also, at the same time, have a plan of how you're going to pay that house off early. Why? Because the longer that you take to pay that house off, the more money you're giving them to fund that loan. You are buying that mortgage. That mortgage is a service and you're paying for it by way of compounded interest annually. The longer it takes you to pay off that particular loan, the more you spend on it. So then you, you you cut out how much you pay on it by sharpening the period. And you should have a plan in place before you ever sit down at closing and sign those documents. These are all things we're going to cover over the course of the year. And these are things that we cover in that course. So again, if you don't have a way that you're practicing compounding, growth for easiest way to start. And we cover a lot of different ways to do this, but easiest way to start is through an index like the S&P, the Vanguard, an index 
where you got all of these companies put together and together they function and pr provide a pretty stable function. Some are going to struggle, some are not, but they're constantly being the, the back end is constantly being exchanged for the more for the better performing company that's right behind them. And so there's always a fluctuation of companies on the back end. But on the front end, you've got these heavy hitters that's been doing it for years. And it's a solid thing. And it, it's not nothing that you're investing in is ever going to be foolproof. Uh, one other thing that I want to stress about the legacy wealth uh, program is that there are there aren't going to be any investment opportunities offered. Uh, I'm not trying to get you to invest in anything in this group. Uh, there aren't going to be any packages, uh, anything like that. This is teaching you how to understand the wealth building process, how to understand uh, how markets behave, understand currency fluctuations and currency and how they compete with one another and how to pay attention to all that, because the value of the, the value of the dollar uh, is at jeopardy. And we need to understand what happens. What happens if the market collapses? It's going to recover. It always does. What happens if the dollar collapses? How cash heavy are you as far as your total assets? The dollar crashes, you are flat screwed if everything is about cash. That money in the mattress is about to be jack zilch. And it's been decreasing in value every year that you've had it under that mattress. And I'm using the mattress as an old adage from from the way pa our parents and grandparents used to hide money. You got to become more creative in the way that you store your wealth. They are ahead of the game, but we can catch up. One step at a time, one generation at a time. But if we keep going the way we're going, we're actually going in the opposite direction. That gap has widened over the last 50 years. And there's no power without wealth. Now, with that being said, what's your next step? That's up to you. I'm going to leave again for those who want to take advantage of legacy wealth. Um, six months intense uh, engagement and teaching of the principles of wealth that come from some of the greatest minds. Um, and I've studied, studied them all. And it's been a part of my journey of building out my company after I hit a rough patch and turned upside down, building out my company, preparing myself for the future, understanding how I'm actually going to use my business as a mechanism of wealth, developing wealth. Your business also adds to your net worth. You got to understand all these things, how you build it. It's, and, and all of these things matter. But instead, you know, I mean, one of the things that just blew my mind is that Warren Buffett, one of the people that everybody talks about when they say this, man, I've studied Ray Dalio, David, uh, David Swanson, who took, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's. Uh, God, not Princeton, but uh, no, it is Princeton. Princeton's took their uh, endowment from two billion to twenty two billion in less than 10 years. <laughs> these guys are heavy hitters. And what blew my mind about Buffett was 99% of that wealth that he holds now close to a hundred billion all came after age 50. So don't tell me, I mean, it's so many ways to leverage things. It's so many mechanisms and levers out there to play with right now that this is a beautiful time to have your mind shifted into something spectacular. And wonderful. Look, I'm about to get off of here. Um, 
to the person I promised. I think she said she had to get off, but I'm going to send. Uh, it was Yale. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, it was Yale. And just unbelievable opportunities out there. This is not get rich quick. This is about building. That's why they call it wealth building. This isn't some go out there and hit hit the right thing. We're not playing with our and, and, and gambling. We're being very calculated and thoughtful, and it's a slow process. Sometimes it looks like you're creeping, but you're building. That's what I want you to get. So I'm going to get ready to get out of here. Um, uh, and on that note, you guys have a great day. I hope I see some of you guys signing up. But if not, come back and see me again for Money Mondays and Wealth Building Wednesdays. And have an un believable remainder of your day. I am out of here.